Third down and three. Quick throw. What a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. In the entertainment capital of the world. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. It's the T.C. Martin Show. 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 and 10 for Mahomes. Pressure, and he sacks! First one of the day, and it's Bosa who gets home. T.C. Martin. T.C. Martin. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. He is electrifying! T.C. Martin. Is this for real? Oh my goodness! Can he do it twice? T.C. Martin. Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. You know, I hear my man Kevin Harlan say, you can kiss him goodbye. That always bothers me a little bit, you know? I mean, I don't want to kiss any football player, period, not let alone goodbye or hello. I don't know. That even goes for my tag team partner, Marco D'Angelo, in the house with me. T.C. Martin Show, of course, from the Westgate of Las Vegas here on this Thursday. we got Thursday Night Football tonight. And, of course, we are normally here on Friday afternoons from 2 to 4 p.m. But, of course, on those special occasions, we'll, uh, we'll change up the schedule a little bit. And uh, so we're here today because tomorrow I will be in Dallas, actually off to Dallas after the show. So, Marco, I hopefully that, uh, you know, you're a very good, quick Uber Lyft driver, and you can uh, help me get out of here and get me to the airport on time. Because you're good in the pickup, even though we debated for about an hour via texting on the last time I, you needed a ride from you. How are you on the drop-off? Oh, I'll drop you off. <laughs> Trust me, I will drop you off. Wait, now I have a big question. Uh, yeah, where is he going to drop me off? I'm a little scared well, of that. Well, besides that. Okay. What do you got? Is there time for food before the drop-off? There is not, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no. I, you know me. I mean, I'm a tight window type of guy. I don't like getting to the airport, you know, two hours in advance. I'm a, I'm a 60-minute or less guy at the airport, you know. So you that know, means you won't be eating till tomorrow, basically. Exactly, because it'll be too late. Every, everything will be closed. You'll have to grab, exactly. like, McDonald's or something. Exactly. A what? You'll, what? <laughs> you, you, you'll have to grab something to that effect. Oh, man. I know. That's why I ate right before I came today. Good job. But I know. Going to be worried. Hope the wife's not listening because I told her she has to get an Uber to the airport. <laughs> She's flying somewhere today because I'm doing this show. Yeah. yeah. Instead, of take, yeah instead, instead of taking. Instead of taking her to the airport. Oh, wow. And, uh, what a team ball player. Yeah. Okay. Wait till you get the Uber bill. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you, are you going to try to pay me back with my winnings from Monday, Mr. Tampa Bay? Mm-hmm. We, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't make an official bet. Yeah. Nunchuck, please. <laughs> we, we never, we you, never drafted you, the You know we did, sport. and that's why you congratulated me like twice already. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Good pick. Thank you. And I even sent you during – what was my text? Do you remember during the game? Yeah, something like your toast early. No, I said, no. they said congratulations. I said, Good pick on Philly. The Cleveland Baker showed up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that was so much Baker Mayfield, if that was just the lack of Tampa Bay defense. And again, the handicap was that Jalen Hurts, this offense, was starting to get it rolling the week before, and that carried over. I mean, how many times have you seen, especially with Jalen Hurts, the Eagles? Go down to that offense when they get inside, you know, the two yard line or one, you know, the push. I hate the push. You push know how the push. I feel about the push. I yeah. can't believe that that wasn't taken completely out. It's it's ridiculous. Who does that harm though? You see, it doesn't hurt anybody from a safety standpoint. That's the only thing the NFL is going to change. Well, has anything to do let's with safety. just line them up at the midfield, fifty yard line. Give each everybody, uh, you know, an end of a rope and have an old fashioned tug of war. Hmm. Decide it that way. You wouldn't be complaining if you had Philly Monday night, then would you? Probably not. 
<laughs> I love it. All right, our best bets. Uh, get ready for that. Uh, we're going to do that tomorrow uh, from Dallas. Mark will be in studio. I'll be in Dallas. I got a tag team partner tomorrow. Live in Dallas. Wow. Arlington, to be exact. From the, from the arena, my friend. Obviously, it's not me. It's not you. <laughs> no, I got a local. I got a local. The one and only Houston Nut. Nice. Will be with me. So there well, you go. I know there's going to be, you guys will be eating barbecue <laughs> afterward. Before or after, before, you guys will be eating before barbecue. Before, because I got a little bit of a gap. Because it's a 8.30 Central game there, 6.30 here Pacific, aces in the wings. But uh, he's got to get to a high school football game in Grapevine, Texas. Now, check, do the math. I have no idea. How far is uh, Arlington to Grapevine? I'm wondering, how, I mean, how long? Look that up because i got to see how long Houston is going to be able to hang with me. Yeah. And I did say to him, uh, you know, because he had it all planned out. Like, he goes, weren't you going to come in on Thursday night? I go, well, yeah, but he thought I'd come in Thursday day so we could go to dinner because he's got this steakhouse he's been raving about. So when I took him to Blue Ribbon, when I took him to Blue Ribbon, he was like, okay, I'm going to reciprocate and I'm going to put it. Well, I I, I should say reciprocate. You know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got the punch. I'll let you deliver it. Yeah. Reciprocate. You got a comp. He's going to be paying. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Actually it's, it's even, it's, actually, it's even worse than that. I didn't get the comp that night because they offered to pay. Him and his brother offered to pay. Actually, Houston offered to pay. They came here. Yes. You took them to Blue River. Yes. Got the reservation. And you let them Got pay. Got the prime table. And you let them pay. I did reach out. So I guess you, well, you're going to return the favor and pick up the, the bill and... No, Dallas. no, no. He already said that uh, you know he, he wants to host. He wants to host. But here's I the problem. I don't know how you do it. But here's the problem: is that I got no time probably to do dinner with him because I'm getting in so late tonight. Because see, team ball player sacrificed doing the show today. Yeah. Doing the show instead of you know leaving you by yourself or numbchuck by himself. And I said I'm going to do the show. Have our obligation to Westgate, so move it up from Friday to Thursday, do that. And then uh, we can't do dinner on Friday night, and we're probably going to win. Now, if the Aces lose, then I could do dinner with Houston on Saturday. So, I mean, a part of me is wishing for that. But I want to get back here. I want to get back here for Saturday so I can catch the rest of uh, Saturday football. we got the fight, Canelo Alvarez and um, Jamel Charlo, and then be here for Sunday. I really don't want to be in Arlington, Texas. Monday. Wait, Mr. Martin. Yes. What? It, full disclosure. Yes. Wasn't it my idea to say, hey, let's do the Westgate Thursday? Yeah, great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Your colleagues give you a lot of great ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I usually, you know, yeah. do uh, thank them for that yeah. or give them their kudos. Yeah. All the time. By sending us pictures of your free food. Yeah. Do you want the time from Arlington to Grapevine? Yeah, let's hear it. What do you got? It is 18.1 miles. 18 point, so probably half hour. Half I don't know what hour, kind of traffic. Yeah. 29 minutes on the dot as of right now. Okay. That'll so, be rush hour, though, because you are doing the show tomorrow. 4 p.m. Central time, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, maybe, you have, maybe to, maybe you have get, to work uh, while you're we away. Could, we could keep Houston for uh, for an hour. Okay. So he's got a got a football game, I think he said, like well, you 645. Well, lunch. That's what I suggested. Yeah. So that that is the plan if he can clear his calendar. So waiting on that. So, so you yeah. might not get the steakhouse, but you can still find a good barbecue place. Yeah. You know, I ate at a very good uh, Mexican restaurant that was there. No way. You went to a Mexican restaurant? Shocker. Come on. Only one guy eats. Oh, two. you didn't know? <laughs> Only two guys eat more Mexican than I do. That is you and Ugly John. No. All right? That's I don't it. Eat, I don't eat. That's it. Right there. You two guys, that's it. You eat more Mexican than me. I never eat as uh, go to Mexican restaurants as often as you do. Full disclosure, I had Mexican last night. Full disclosure, we had Mexican the night before. Yeah. What? That's right. That's how we roll. So, but anyway, I I went to. You never spend much time in Texas, right? No. Okay. So they have the Papa's chain. You heard of Papa's? Mm -hmm. Even though it's it's a chain, so they got you got the Papa's burgers. Phenomenal. You got Papa's Barbecue, and then you got the Papa's Steakhouse, and then you've got Papacitos. And Papacitos is your Mexican slash kind of seafood scenario. So I went to Papacitos 
for the first time last time. Very good. I posted the pictures. Oh, of course. It was, it was like the, the world's largest taco. You've seen the tacos at Juan's Flaming Fajitas? Yeah. Okay. They're pretty big, right? Yeah. Yeah. Papacitos is like that. But one problem with that, and I was hesitant about getting it, can't believe this, because they're, they're not like, I mean, they're kind of high end, you know? You know, it's not your Taco Bell, there which you you're go. used to, you know? But anyway, they didn't have shredded beef or steak, ground beef or chicken or pork. So I was hesitant, so I got the ground beef because I didn't want the chicken or the pork. The ground beef was pretty good. So I guess it was a higher quality or something. You're Mr. Meat Man, so you would know. Is there it, such a high quali- uh, higher well, quality dep- ground beef? It depends beef? on the blend. Might how have been you, a sirloin or something. You can, uh, you can have from as low as 60% yeah. lean to 90%. You could have a blend where they do chuck, brisket. That's a, uh, you know great for a burger. So it all it all depends on you know how you're getting right. it. But yeah, you know, here's for you for tacos. Are you a flour or corn? I'm a corn guy. I like flour. I can do flour, but I'm more of a corn. Uh, whether it's the crispy or the soft corn, mm-hmm. I like that. I'll do a flour. It's okay. I have to put my two cents in. This place looks amazing. Oh, see, <laughs> it is. It really is. It, I posted before, and. Uh, I'll send you another picture tomorrow, yeah, Marco. Of course, of course you will. I'm going to try to try to uh, go go there again. And remember, I, I'm doing three shows for you this week. Oh, Be easy with those uh, pictures. This, this is the same guy that's been sending me pictures from steakhouses like twice already this week. Well, it was the you know finale of the you know the Lori birthday tour. You know, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> so, so it, 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 it was a week here, hey, and okay. you know, and now she's going Listen. to go celebrate with okay. her sister. Back, so we so we can get on with the show here. Yeah. We'll talk some sports, believe it or not. I mean, hey, you went down this road. I, I did. Well, Mister Mister Uber driver went down this road. You start talking about, and here's the the big question: Why is your wife going out of town uh, again without you? This is like the second time in about two or three weeks. I, I think there's something going on there. It's, it's football season. <laughs> she, she wouldn't see me anyways. Okay, so <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I know she she goes out and watches games with you. Why don't you bring her to the Westgate? You know, sitting in one of the beautiful couches here. She'll watch a Knights game and she'll watch the Aces. Okay. She did sit with yeah. me and watch the Steeler game this week. She did. She did. How'd that work out for you? Worked out well. Good. Steelers won. Yeah. <laughs> I'll good. tell you off air her comment when they showed halftime highlights of the Kansas City game. <laughs> Can't say it on the air. <laughs> All right. We've got a jam-packed show coming your way today. Uh Guest heavy show. Barry Odom is going to join us, the UNLV head football coach. How about the Rebels? They are three and one. They beat Vanderbilt a couple weeks ago, and then last Saturday go up to El Paso, uh, get some good Mexican food in El Paso, my friend. Tell you that. Uh, UTEP. They uh, defeated UTEP 45-28. So we'll talk to Barry Odom um, coming up uh, a little bit later this hour. Our other handicapper extraordinaire, Scott Spritzer, one and one a Marco D'Angelo and Scott Spritzer. Uh, together, and we rarely get a chance to do that because Scott's day is Thursday, Marco is Friday, so we're combining that today, so look forward to that. And can you see if you can maybe coax him out of a food bet today instead of me? But I think the last time that you did that with him, he's still talking about that you never paid up on on some sushi bet or something like that. You know where to find me. (laughs) I'm easy to find. (laughs) Oh, man. And the legend will be here. The International Boxing Hall of Fame referee, Joe Cortez. I know you love Joe. You just like it because you like getting your picture taken with him because he makes you feel like you're a champ. He raises your hand. I actually, I'm going to tell him when he's here, I was actually at a restaurant that he was at at the same time. I didn't go over. He had a group of people. I didn't want to, you know, be one of those guys. But we were were there. I'll I'll mention it to him today. Good deal. All right. And also, uh, John Williams who is the executive director of the Nevada Wheelchair Foundation. Joe Cortez does a lot of great charity work uh, with this organization, uh, the Nevada Wheelchair Foundation. They supply wheelchairs to the community, specifically uh, children and uh, and the elderly. They do a fantastic job. So uh, John Williams is going to come down and join us to talk nice. about uh, the, the great charity and the great cause that, uh, that they provide for our Las Vegas uh, community as well. So... Jam-packed show coming your way. We're going to handicap the NFL week number four. 
right? Is it week four? Week, yeah, four. week four already. Technically, I guess week five in college football. And, of course, uh, the Aces take on the Wings tomorrow in Dallas, as we've talked about. Aces won game two two nights ago, winning 91-84. to Asia Wilson, 30 points. That's six out of her last seven games. She scored 30 or more double figures in her last 17 games. And you could tell Marco that she was pretty fired up. We talked about it. We handicapped it, um, you know, on Tuesday's show regarding that. Uh, yeah, she was a bit fired up. Her teammates were a bit fired up for Asia getting snubbed and finishing third, according to the so-called voters in the WNBA. Still, that is going to take a while to get uh, to get over that. If you heard the show yesterday, you heard Becky Hammond talk about just telling it like it is, what she thought of the voting, the decision. And if you missed that, go to the website because it is on the homepage. It is a classic interview. Becky, telling it like it is. Uh, just unleashed. And when I sat down with her, I said, okay, we know we're here to talk about. I go, fire away. <laughs> and she just <laughs> ran with it. It was beautiful. But as you saw the game on Tuesday night, you could see the Aces had her back, and the handicap was Asia Wilson over 24-and-a-half. That was taken care of early in the fourth quarter. Yep. I was very happy with that outcome. That was the only uh, wager I made on that particular game. You know I like playing a team total and yep. stuff with, with the aces in different spots. But, yeah, you you knew that. And I think in the back, I, don't, I didn't listen to the interview, but in the back of Becky's mind, I'm sure she knows that probably what made the difference, whether it was right or wrong, who they voted for, we looked at it is she had, what, like 200 less minutes on the season? It actually turned out to be uh, 137. Okay, 137. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is three and a half games. For us viewing it, we're looking at her totals and saying she did this with less. Yeah. So we thought less is more. And I think probably the voters were, you know, Stewart, you know, she had to be on the floor all the time because they didn't have all the blowouts that we had and able to rest. That might have tipped the scales a little bit. But again, I told you, I think it's the writers just wanted to spread the wealth, and it's not the right way to do it. But end result was good for me because, yes, Asia was fired up. They got her the ball, and she took care of business. Chuck, I'm almost tempted to see if uh, you could go back and get the interview and find that part where she says she, she blames herself and she called herself the, the Aces dumbass coach <laughs> because On the she, minutes. because she because she rested her and we had okay. talked about this her and I before leading up to it, like man she goes I hope that it doesn't come down to this because I've rested her in fourth quarters and she goes I'm going to feel terrible I am going to feel guilty and she has put it on her shoulder saying I feel awful because if I would have played her in those fourth quarters when we we're up 2025 20, and then she told the story in the interview she said that i would ask her say hey do you want to go back in and she goes no i'm good i'm good but that's just who she is you know not only is she the face of the franchise she's the face of the wnba and she had a historic season literally she had the most historic season of any player in the wnba and becky hammond she feels really guilty. At the same time. Um, for me, though, for me, and I'm, I would like to say I'm biased in this situation, but I really am not. You're objective. I, and, and I'll tell you why. Because at the end of the day, when, if we're talking defense, we know who the best defensive player is. Okay, so that end is taken care of. Now let's talk about offense. Brianna Stewart scored seven more points. Seven total more points than Asia Wilson. Seven. She took 79 more shots than Asia Wilson. She played 137 more minutes than Asia Wilson. And basically, you could almost double that, the minutes thing with AT, because she played what would be the, if, if, if Stewie played, you know, f what would be the equivalent of like three and a half games right. more, full 40 minute games, three and a half uh, games full more than Asia. AT was second in the league in the most minutes played. Asia's dumbass coach <laughs> didn't play her in fourth quarters. Yeah. At least seven. And probably many quarters, fourth quarters, she only played maybe 30 seconds or a couple minutes because the game was out of hand. And I don't believe in running up the score, but I'm really super ticked 
that that affected people's voting because at the end of the day, people didn't do this. This is the Nevada State Police with the September required monthly test of the emergency alert system. Federal, state, and local officials use EAS to keep you informed in the event of an emergency or disaster through your local radio and TV stations and cable providers. This test helps ensure that EAS participants are ready to provide information in a crisis. This concludes today's test of the emergency alert system. There's times she's got 30 points. I know. And we're up, you know, maybe 20, 25. I'm like, do you want to go back in? She's like, no. Uh, Believe me, there was multiple times she could have had 40. And no one is discussing the fact that she tied the WNBA record of 53 points. Tied the playoff record, but I guess that doesn't matter because it's playoffs. Votes, okay. And votes you know, were already in. Yeah, and votes were already So we throw Go that look out. at her numbers but, last month but, right, exactly. of the season. Right. Where she's now... You know, this counts into the regular season as well because the last 16 games, she's been in double figures and five of the last six games, she scored 30 or more. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, like I said, I, I don't know what else she has to do. Yeah. It's, it's super disappointing. Final thing on this. Though. Yes. There's no slight on, on Brianna Stewart. No, we, we, no, 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 not at but all. When you have someone out there giving Asia Wilson a fourth place vote, then you've got some major problems here. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the third place votes that she got, I think it was like 17 or and 25. For, I mean, it, it's insane. There are two I just, players. I just think you lose credibility. That's my and, point. Exactly. And, and let's make these votes public. Mm-hmm. Let's let, come out here and stand on your vote and explain to me. Make the math work for me. Yeah. Make the math work for me. Mm-hmm. We just won 34 games. Lost six. And she is... The head of the beast on both ends. Everything runs through her. Offense. Defense. She guards the best p- player on the other team. Guards included at times. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. I, th- I just think you lose credibility. Make it public. Make the numbers work for me. That's all I'm saying. And here's the other thing. I mean, to me, Stewie and Asia, those are both franchise players, and you can... You could, you're, you're not wrong in who you would, yeah. you know, build around. They're one you, and one A. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's it just, it, some of it would come into philosophy, yeah. this and that. Um, for me, obviously, uh, you know, I'm ride or die with Asia all day, but the numbers, the wins, it, it just, it's really, really unfortunate. There it is, Becky Hammond. So, Marco? First time you heard that. It's the first time I heard it, and obviously that's what I was yeah. thinking. I wish I heard that interview before Tuesday night's game because I would have had a little more on Asia <laughs> over 24 and a half, let me tell you. And that's the kind of – that's yeah, she does. You know, it, it's – you know, 2020 hindsight's great, you know, after the fact, but she did what was right for the team. And we've talked endlessly on this show about – the only Achilles heel this team has is they don't have a deep bench. So, you know, you wanted to preserve the minutes as much as you could when they had the opportunity. Get those bench players experience, you know, because God forbid if there's an injury or something or if somebody gets in foul trouble in a game early that you've got to rely on somebody, you've got to have them ready. She did what was right for the team, and the writers didn't do what was right for the players. And, and that's the thing. There's plenty of East Coast bias here. And when you have a writer giving Asia Wilson a fourth place vote, that's just spite. They're doing that because of spite. And it's not even ignorance. It's like, okay, it's almost collusion. It really is. Because, okay, that person is saying, well, I want Alyssa Thomas to get it. Or I want, you know, maybe the player that finished, you know, fourth, which what, uh, uh, Nafisia Collier from Chicago. What? No, I mean, that's the only... When someone gives the best player in the world a fourth-place vote, it should have been first-place, second-place votes between Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart, and that's it. it. Alyssa Thomas getting more votes than both of them? First-place votes? 
It's just insane. Again, that's the East Coast bias. That's people that are not watching the games. That's not people that really follow the league. And for anybody that is giving Asia Wilson a third or fourth place vote, they need to revoke their status from voting and revoke a credential if they even have one to go to these games. First of all, if you get the privilege to get a vote for this or, you know, same way with, you know, Heisman voters and everything, your vote should be public. Once it's done, there should be the website of the WNBA and list all of, all of the people that you can go and just see. And like you said, I'm sure that would change people's votes if they had to be held account- accountable. And I've told you too, and, and I know you don't like that analogy, but part of it, uh, you know, and I think if you want to spread the wealth, you know, you don't in this, this you situation. Don't. You don't, because that's not good for the league. And I think that there is that mindset maybe in the offices in New York, <laughs> in, in the WNBA, of like, well, yeah, let's, let's, let's spread this out a little bit. No, because it, it just give the deserving person or teams or coaches or whatever it is for these awards, and that's it, and, and, and let it lay out. So what? Asia Wilson wins back-to-back MVPs or three times in four seasons. How is that not great for the league? That publicity is fantastic for the league. Oh, and by the way, which player of all of them is doing more media now? Doing Ruffles commercials, AT&T commercials, you know, uh, you know, sitting in on SportsCenter and doing all these things, you know? NCAA tournament, doing a commentary. I mean, that's great for the league. And now you're coming back and saying, okay, and there's, you know, Brianna Stewart's great, but you're going to give her the award because New York hasn't been very good the last few years, and she comes in and leads into the second best record. Well, we've talked about it time and time again. New York has a better roster than the Aces. They have a better bench than the Aces. You got the number one overall pick, Sabrina Nescu, from three years ago. I mean, she's the the engine on that team. John Quell Jones, who came over from Connecticut. Okay, I mean, and then you've got Brianna Stewart, Bajana Laney. I mean that, and, and Courtney Vandersloot comes over via free agency. That's the super team. Right. It's not the Aces. Aces built their so-called super team through the draft with having three number one draft picks. Three of their five starters are that right. in their own organic organization. I've never played for anybody else. So, yeah, it's all of that. It's bias. It's it's trying to spread out the wealth. And again, at the end of the day, like Becky Hammond says, it doesn't do the league any good. It really is a joke, and you lose your credibility. In any other market but New York, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, New York probably wants, right. wants to be, they want them to be significant. And it's, you know, to them, New York getting to the finals against the Aces, that is the best thing for the league. Yeah. You, because you've got the defending champs versus the biggest market. Mm. All right, game number three tomorrow night. Again, uh, be on ESPN2 for the TV side, 6.30. If you want to join me on the radio side, uh, tomorrow night we're going to be on Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m., 6 o'clock. Pre-game with Becky Hammond, Jack Young, they'll both be joining me, and then we'll tip it off 6.30 Pacific time. Game three, the Aces go for the sweep and try to advance to their second consecutive finals appearance and trying to go back-to-back. Best record in the league, best team in the league, best player in the league. There you go. Enough said. When we come back, Barry Odom is going to join us, the UNLV head football coach. They are off to a great start. And, yes, there is great rumblings around Allegiant Stadium, around Maryland Parkway and the campus there in Tropicana with UNLV football right now as well, too. So we'll talk to Barry Odom when we come back. I do exactly what I want to do. It's It's the the Dr. Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. Live here at the Westgate inside the world-famous Superbook. Oh, yes, you know what's happening here. Next week, cool in the gang, baby. Next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Can't get enough, baby, of my guy Robert Cool Bell. What you going to say, Marco? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Get down on it. <laughs> there you go. Wrong song, but I, at least, I at least you're on. there, man. There you go. Yes. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster or here at the Westgate for cool in the gang coming your way. So you know how much we love music, you know how much we love sports, and we love food, and you know who fits into all three of those categories? 
our next guest because I know he can get down for a little bit too. And uh, he, he should be having the boombox playing in that UNLV locker room right now. And some old school. We're talking about my guy, Barry Odom, who's 3-1 and one right now. Coach, what's happening? Hey, what's up, man? You, I hope you guys are doing great. Thanks do- for having me on. You got it, man. Now, now, I know you can appreciate the old school, Barry, right? Come on, a little cool in the gang, a little earth, wind, and fire. Going, Come old, on. How cool are we going? Are we going? What, what's? What's considered old school in, in your scope right now? Uh, 19, uh, 70s to, say, 1992. How's that? All about it. The there golden you go. era, The golden era of many, many music genres were established in that time frame. There so you that. go, Barry. So, okay, so here's you – don't, you don't realize this because you and I have never talked about this because, again, you're, you're relatively new, but we do a – a T.C. Martin Show Song Fest uh, once a year where we bring on our regular guests. Kevin Kruger participates in this. And uh, okay. you, get, you get to come on the air, and you got to give us like one of your go-to songs from back in the day. You get to come on, play DJ, and, and tell us why that song has special meaning. So if we're doing that with you, and we're going to do it with you next time we do it, what's that song yeah. for you? Yeah, give me some time. I'm going to think about that. They've got a lot of different memories I could throw out. Um, you gotta give me one just on the top of your head right now. Just you know, it could be anything. Let's let's get uh, you know, I can go back to nineteen early nineteen nineties, entering the field, Friday night football, and um, you could throw a lot of things out there, but normally with something of the variety of A C D C entering the field okay. or you could go even Inner Sandman was also another one that uh, always brings out some emotion of what Friday night football was back in the day. That's, I was, hey, all I was doing was getting ready. I knew I was going to score at least six touchdowns. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, we were going to go three in the first half, three in the second, or this get all six in the first half where I could eat hot dogs and hamburgers in the second half, stand on the sideline and watch my guys finish the game. Outstanding, man. Great stuff. Barry Odom got the UNLV Rebels at 3-1 and one right now. Uh, you guys beat Vandy a couple weeks ago at Allegiant, 40-37. to 37. That was a, a wild, crazy game. And then, of course, last week, guys go on the road to El Paso, go to the Sun Bowl, and beat UTEP 45-28. to 28. Sun Bowl, you know, that's an old-school place right there. I mean, I, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure you have coached there in that building uh, a couple different occasions. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But what's it like playing there? It was a, a great environment. And, I, you know, the only time I'd been there before was in 2006. Uh, we played in the Sun Bowl there when I was at uh, another institution. We, we played the uh, bowl game there. But it, it's really a unique setting. I mean, El Paso historically has got a, a, a number of stories that make its pass, but their stadium is in really carved in the side of, you know, in a mountain. So it's a, you know, very picturesque place. Uh, it was a beautiful night, a little warm, uh, but once the, once the sun went down, the, the winds calmed down and, and uh, it was a beautiful night for football. Three and one right now, your only loss uh, on the road to Ann Arbor in Michigan. We had talked to you right after that, but uh, let's talk about how you feel about your team right now after four games. And let's start with, you know, telling me what you're most impressed with so far. Well, I'm excited about what we've done on special teams. Um, that's been an X factor for us, and we knew it was going to have to be going into the, the season. You know, we, we've had impact plays. You go into our, our block punt last weekend, uh, set up a score for us was so hugely important. Um, that has been a real advantage for us in all areas, and it's got to continue for us. Uh, now we start conference play to be an advantage, and that that's been great. We've you know you look at the hidden yardage in the return game on the things that we've been able to do either to set up our offense with a short field, uh, and then defensively on how we've been able to flip the field in in our punt game and and kickoff coverage. So excited about you know the start that they've had through four games. Um, I think we're starting to develop an identity on offense on being able to run the football. That that's certainly important. Um, as we get started again in conference play. You know, I know that you have high expectations. And again, you came in here and you knew all about the history of the program. And it was it's basically been an uphill climb. And uh, so just kind of talk about, you know, where you're at right now as far as, you know, the big picture goes. Are, are you ahead of schedule in your mind? Are you right where you thought you would be? Or honestly, are you, are you mildly surprised at the success that you're having? 
Well, I, you know, I judge it on what our day-to-day habits look like and what they are. And, you know, the things that our team continues to do, we're hitting the benchmarks on what we tried to get accomplished and what we're trying to get done uh, through our day-to-day habits. And if we do those things and we do it with great consistency and the ability to continue to improve week in and week out, then we'll be right where we need to be, and and that is competing and um, having a chance to win a championship in the month of November. And if we do that, we continue on this track. That that's the goal, and that's what we wanted to do going into week one or into the week, uh, season one, um, and then also the ability to get into postseason play. Uh, that's so hugely important for the development of our program because you get extra practices after the season's over you can continue to develop your roster um so we're on track we're always uh striving for the next goal the next opportunity and and that week that you know this week is conference play game number one against hawaii mm-hmm. barry odom joins us head coach at unlv off to a great start three and one thus far T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo with me here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook as we get ready for UNLV in Hawaii coming up Saturday, 1 o'clock at Allegiant Stadium. Barry, the two things that uh, really stood out to me in the last couple of weeks is you touched upon the running game. And when you have the ability to run the football 48 times and you mentioned that you were playing in the heat, that's just going to wear that the opposing defenses down. The running game gets stronger as the game goes on. And the defense, seven turnovers the last two weeks. That's that's pretty impressive. Well, we've got to, you know, I said from day one that we are offensively, we've got to be able to establish a run game because if you do that, it makes everything else so much easier on that side of the ball. Uh, When you can control the line of scrimmage, you're aggressive at the point of attack and how you block. Schematically, you've got it built where you've got a number of different guys touching the ball and you get them out in space and, and then let them, um, you know, do what they do uh, with their athletic ability. Um, so we're starting to at least, you know, get a grasp on what that can look like for us and how it helps our team. Um, the ability to create takeaways on the, on the defensive side will be huge for us as we uh, continue this season, because, you know, we're, um, turnover margin is so important. Uh, like I mentioned, special teams defensively, if you can give your offense another possession or two because of taking the ball away, um, that, that at, at some point the complimentary football will take over in a game and then you know that, that you've got a chance to win. Talk about running the football. Had a hundred yard rushing game from Thomas. Um, 307 yards on the ground in that game against UTEP. Is that the identity that you, you know, came into this program wanting to establish? Is that strong running game? Well, I think you look at what you know, Coach Marion has done on that side of the ball. At least creating opportunities for our kids, uh, building the playbook really around what their skill set is. I think. We've got an opportunity for a number of different guys to contribute. Coach Vance Weiss is our offensive line coach and uh, really has done a great job with putting together really five, six, seven guys uh, that understand what it takes at the line of scrimmage to, to be able to run the ball. And those are so important on how that blends together uh, with some tempo built into that, different formations. All of those things have been in our favor, and, and we've got to continue to stay uh, in position to give our guys an advantage on what that looks like offensively. 497 yards of total offense in last Saturday's game. And the sp- the stat that I always look at, Barry, is how do you guys do it on third down? You guys were 10 of 17 on third down, and that is just phenomenal. That also tells me also that you got to be pretty happy with the play calling on the offensive side of the ball as well. I think, you know, they've done a great job on coming up on both sides of the ball with the third down package for each week, and it's going to change from week to week on what that looks like as you build the the scheme. But, you know, the most important thing is you make in-game adjustments and you understand that you've got to make changes. You don't wait for halftime to make those changes. They happen, you know, during every series on what you're seeing on the other side of the ball, how you can go attack it. But then, you know, credit to our kids on going and making some plays. I mean, Seneca McKee the other night on a third down and long, 
you know, made a unbelievable catch. Uh, Maeva made a, a, a nice throw where only he could get to it, but full extension laid out, made the play, and that extended the drive, which resulted in a touchdown. And, you know, that's just one example of what it takes on third down. You just got to find a way to keep the drive going. If we're better on first and second down, then our third down, you know, distance is manageable. And obviously our, our uh, ability to achieve moving the sticks will, will obviously increase. You mentioned uh, Jaden Maeva, your quarterback. He's a freshman, local kid here from Las Vegas. And, you know, Doug Brumfield started out as your starter, and he got injured. Talk a little bit about the quarterback position moving forward here and just talk about the job that, uh, that Maeva's done up until this point. Yeah, I think you always look at the quarterback spot, and it doesn't matter if you're a number two or number three on the depth chart. You've got to prepare like you're uh, the starter, but you're a play away from, from being the starter. And I think, you know, from Jaden's approach and then Cam Friel, who has, you know, got a number of meaningful reps, uh, and then obviously Doug with all the snaps and experience he has, I feel like we've got three quarterbacks that understand the offense. They understand uh, on how we need to play and how they need to take charge when, when their number's called. So, you know, we, we're trying to get as many guys healthy as we can, and we understand the importance of that. And, you know, the quarterback position is the most important position in all of sport. They touch the ball every play, their leadership, the, the toughness, the mental side of the game on how important it is. You know, we need great play by, by whoever is playing quarterback. But then also it's, it's um, really a challenge for the 10 guys around that spot. They need to play well, too, and make his job easier. So uh, we're moving in the right direction. And, uh, you know, another test this week. And, and I think, again, we've got three guys that can step in and play and play at a high level to help our offense score points and, and win games. Barry Oben joins us, UNLV head football coach. Barry, you got a lot of experience in the Power Five conferences uh, you know, as a head coach and also as an assistant in the SEC. Now you're going to get your first ta- taste of a Mountain West Conference play here. Uh, how closely have you got a chance to to do scouting here, not only just with Hawaii, but the rest of the way here? And what is your opinion of the teams that are coming up on your schedule here in the Mountain West Conference? Well, I'll start with our first one in Hawaii. And I think Timmy Chang has done a a great job in uh, putting his mark on that program. You look at uh, what they're doing on offense and the run and shoot, very, very explosive. Got a number of playmakers that can create problems. Defensively, they're fast, they're aggressive, they play very physical, they're well coached. Um, we need to play extremely well to have a chance to win the game. Um, and then you look at our, our league from top to bottom, it's a very, very strong league. We've got, you know, Fresno is ranked now in the top 25 in the country. I think Air Force is getting votes. Wyoming is getting votes. So, you know, we're in our 25th year of a mountain of, of our conference. And I think if you look nationally, we carry great, uh, respect. I think there will be proven that uh, we're, we're a tough conference. If you look at who we played out of conference, we've got the number one strength of schedule uh, as a conference when you look at out-of-conference games. Um, you know, I know Fresno beat Purdue. Uh, we beat Vanderbilt, and the list probably goes on and on. So uh, we have to play very, very well and prepare each week uh, at, our, at our best level to have a chance to be competitive in this league. I think it's got great coaches. Uh, we're in a really good spot in the position that we are having a chance to compete in this league. And, and if you're standing in November with a chance uh, to compete for a championship in this league, then you're going to be in the conversation next year for the expanded playoffs. And I don't think that every uh, conference can say that, uh, but, but we certainly can. All right, you're going to be going into your third game coaching at Allegiant Stadium. Talk a little bit about that experience and uh, you know, calling Allegiant Stadium uh, your home field. And uh, how, is that like, how has that been for you, and, and what are your thoughts about the crowd that has showed up for a couple home games? Well, we're certainly excited that that is our home base. There, you know, there's, I've said it a number of times, it's one of the finest football facilities in, in the entire world uh, when you really look at trying to compare it and it's our goal as a staff and a program and as an athletic department eventually i I want it to be uh sold out and the ways that we can do that understand we need to win and we need to make it so vitally important to the people of vegas that they want to follow college football 
and we become their team. And, um, you know, that's the goal. That's the focus. That's our mission. And, you know, there's, there's ways to get that done. And I think we're slowly checking those things off the list on how to continue to make that happen. We've, we've got a long ways to go, uh, but we're excited about our start. And we need that advantage for us when we get teams to come in here. We need it to be an atmosphere that causes problems for the opponents. And, and hopefully we'll see some of that on Saturday. Barry, you've done a great job so far, and I think you've done a fantastic job of just handling all all aspects of this program. The fan base is getting excited, and uh, again, I think that everyone realizes that, hey, this team in this program is on the rise. UNLV football hasn't seen 3-1 and one with a great opportunity to go 4-1 and one after the first five weeks, and I know you don't like to get ahead of yourself, and I know you're really modest and everything, but uh, kudos to you so far, my friend. Uh, you know, this thing is is on an upward climb and i think a lot of people you know and a lot of fans here in las vegas uh are, are ready to, to roll and get behind you i sure appreciate you saying that we're excited about the opportunity we're we're having fun coach this team uh they're hungry to be coached they're hungry to represent our city and uh this will be another opportunity for us on saturday and and we certainly look forward to it Hey, real quick, before I let you go, um, I, we may have a mutual acquaintance here, and I'm just gonna because uh, this this gentleman and I were we're, we're talking about you, uh, Houston Nutt, and he's uh, he's yeah. he comes on the pro, the program pretty regularly. He's actually going to be joining me in Dallas tomorrow. We'll be on we'll be on the show, and I know he's a big supporter of you as well too. Do, do you got a Houston Nutt uh, story or thought that I could pass on to him tomorrow, Barry? Well, I know that, you know, that's, that's very kind that you would say that. I've got one of our coaches on our staff, James Chivas, uh, who's our special teams coordinator that was on Houston Nut staff. So right. I've learned, you know, more about Coach Nut just through that time. Obviously, the success he had at Arkansas and then me being there, yeah. uh, one of the greatest motivators, uh, of all time. And, uh, you know, I played one of our first games that I was the defense coordinator at Arkansas. I took, one of Houston Nuts pregame uh, messages that he gave the team about he could feel the crowd. They were playing in Little Rock at, I think, War Memorial Stadium, and he talked about you could feel the crowd. And, you know, he went into there's only one Razorback, and he went into that. But you could see the way that his team was looking at him when he was delivering the message. Um, you know, I took that sound clip and I played it for our defense. I played it the night before we beat Texas. Uh, because it was so impactful on the message and you could feel the way, uh, that he was trying to get across to his team on the investment that had went into it. You could feel the crowd. You could feel the excitement and then the team together on how they responded and played for him. That was just one example that, you know, that I had a chance to, to use some of his motivational tactics and the way that he was able to get his team to respond and play at a high level. Much respect for Coach. That's great. And no one does a better suey pig than Coach Nutt. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you <know? laughs> once, once you get, uh, you get that, that life, uh, they're, they're very passionate fan base. And, you know, that was a great experience for myself and my, That's and my family living there for three years. We had great memories from that place. Yeah. All right. Now Las Vegas is your home. We know that you enjoy it here, my friend. And, uh, we're glad to have you here. Uh, good luck on, on Saturday against Hawaii. And, uh, hopefully we'll talk with you next week or the week after. I look forward to it. I appreciate it. We're, we're honored to be the head coach here and so excited about what we've got started with this program. And uh, thrilled to, to have a chance to call Las Vegas home. I sure appreciate you guys. You got it, brother. Take care, Barry. All right. Thanks. Thank Bar Barry Odom, the head coach of UNLV. How refreshing is that, Marco, to hear a head coach? Now, Marcus Rowe, when he came here, didn't want to do a whole bunch of media. really didn't. Had never been a head coach before. And when UNLV hired um, Barry Odom, you could just tell it just felt right. After the first time I met him, it was like, wow, this guy is passionate. And he knew what he was getting himself into. He knew that it was a dormant program. There's going to be a lot of work. And, you know, he's just got basically one recruiting class behind him. And, uh, you know, the results are good. And just the offense that he has, the defense, the accountability, uh, you could just feel that this is going in the trend in the right direction. Oh, it's Definitely. And, you know, the only other question that I, I would have asked them is when you go on the recruiting trail, how much of a selling point is talking about the facilities and being able to play 
games at Allegiant Stadium. I know, you know, I give you a lot of references back to my Pittsburgh days, but when the Panthers moved and they're sharing, you know, the practice facilities and, you know, at uh, Heinz Field at the time, that's a big selling point, you know, for kids to get them to come to your school over, you know, just an average program. And that's definitely an upgrade. And uh, I can't uh, can't be more happy with what it, you know this is you said are you ahead of schedule i gotta say he's definitely ahead of schedule mm. from what expectations were no doubt unlv will take on hawaii one o'clock at Allegiant stadium get out there and for fans that have never been out to see a football game at Allegiant stadium a lot of fans can't afford that ticket for, for the raiders or they can't get a ticket because of you know the season ticket holders in the psls you know your chance to go to a UNLV football game and sit in that lower bowl and see some good quality football, especially with the offense that the Rebels have this year, you know, averaging 40 points per contest. I mean, do it. You know, get out there. Very, very affordable. Good brand of football. And again, you've got, you know, some good competition, you know, coming up. You got Hawaii, which is always a great rivalry because they travel well, you know, and that's a, that's a battle. You know, Air Force coming up uh, pretty soon in, in another Mountain West Conference game. So big game uh, the following week, the yeah. rivalry. Yes, against the, Nevada. Nevada. Who's down this year? Right. You know, so. they are. They are. They're in a great opportunity to win and uh, take that cannon back. All right, brother. Uh, appreciate Barry Odom for, for joining us. All right, we continue on here in hour number two. We are live at the Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. The legend, my man, the International Boxing Hall of Fame referee, Jolton Joe Cortez. It's fight week in Vegas. You know what that means. We've got to have Joe on, right? No, we had Al Bernstein on yesterday. Go back to the website and listen to Al. He'll be on the call with Showtime Championship Boxing. Canelo Alvarez taking on Jermel Charlo Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena. Looking forward to that fight. I'm hoping Aces take care of business. I can get on a plane, get back here Saturday in time to go to the fight. I know my man Jolton Joe, he's all fired up about it. So we're going to get Joe's thoughts about Canelo Alvarez. And uh, one of last Joe's last fight, I believe, was Canelo Alvarez. You know? It was his last fight as being the third man in the ring. So uh, we'll talk to Joe about that. And also, John Williams is in the house from the uh, Nevada uh, Wheelchair Foundation as well, too. So we're going to have some fun with that. Uh, Great supporters uh, of that here in Las Vegas. And Joe Cortez does a lot of great work as well, too. Scott Spreitzer will join us. And we've got Marco and Scott both handicapping the college football docket as well as the NFL week number four. That is coming your way as well, too, here on this special Thursday edition. And remember, we've got Thursday Night Football tonight between the Packers and the Lions. NFC Central Battle, North, call it what you want. It's old school football with the Lions and the Packers. And the Lions a slight favorite in the game in Lambeau Field. So we got some thoughts on that game. Best bets coming your way tomorrow. But today, we're live from the Westgate. Normally on Fridays, we're here today for a little Thursday Night Football action. And plus, previewing Canelo Alvarez and Jermel Charlo. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house. Shout out to Ugly John from Sacktown is also hanging out with us here today. That and a whole lot more in store around your door. More of what you're looking for right here inside the Westgate Las Vegas, the Superbook.